Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. This is David Dacry, your host. This week, we are going to have uh, an interview, short interview with uh, Marla Martinez. And also, I'm plugging in a few events that are happening this week in Houston that I'll be involved with. The first one is happening on Thursday, August the uh, 16th, which is uh, National Rum Day. It is a competition at the High and Dry uh, Rum Bar in downtown Houston. Uh, hope that you can make it and come out support. Uh, I'll be emceeing that and uh, having a good time with the uh, competitors. And um, yeah, first time doing that. I think it's going to be fun. I think that uh, they got everything uh, uh, squared away there. If not, we'll square it away as soon as the uh, competition uh, happens. Uh, it gets started. So um, yeah, come on, come on by and have a good time. The other one is Tiki Day over at uh, Cafe Brazil, Brazil Cafe, Brazil Houston, Houston Brazil, whatever, um, Brazil Houston, and uh, it's um, we're doing a uh, Tiki Day all day, but in particular at uh, in the evening we'll be featuring uh, rum. Oh shit. Okay, Rum Trois Rivers, Three Rivers, say it in French, and that's the name of it. Anyways, um, incredibly delicious uh, rum, and therefore we are featuring it for our Tiki Day. Uh, come by, check that out, and uh, say hello. Um, let's see, aside from that, that's pretty much the only two events uh, that uh, I have announcements for. Um, I'm going to look to do an episode on the competition. I think that'll be fun. Don't know how to approach that per se, but, uh, I think that, uh, I'll just record a few pieces of it and, and, and talk about it afterwards. So what am I drinking? Given that I record this on my days off and I edit it on my time off. Um, I normally have a couple of drinks. Today I am having a gin and tonic. Again, one of my favorite summer drinks. The gin is uh, area gin from uh, Portland, which was a gift from the very beautiful Kitty Ammons, co-author of Drinking Like Ladies. And this was while we were, well, I, I caught her uh, on the way to the airport um, for an interview. So if you want to hear that, go to episode 14, I think it is, where uh, is the NOLA trip. Tales of the cocktail. And um, yeah, that's a fun one. Since uh, I have no uh, sponsors, I get to say whatever the fuck I want. And that is Area Gin is uh, what I'm drinking along with Fever Tree Mediterranean Tonic. So that said, you want me to shut up? Pay me. Anyways, <laughs> um, today's uh, interview is with uh, Marla Martinez. This is an interview that I did way back in January. I think it was my first or second interview. I think it was my second interview. And uh, we did it in the uh, back uh, patio of uh, Brazil uh, Cafe. And, um, you know, there's a lot of background notes and stuff, so I didn't know what to do with it. So what I did is uh, I, I picked some of the highlights of it because there was one thing that I noticed whenever I was talking to her was that she was very apprehensive to get behind the bar because she didn't think that she that she could do it. 
But the people around her were encouraging and basically put her in a position where she just had to do it. And at that point, she actually did a good job uh, at it, a really good job. And I thought to myself, wow, this this is kind of common because I've seen it before where people, you know, they say, oh, I can't do it. Or, you know, it's too many things to memorize or yada, yada, yada. So the segments of the interview that I picked are more of Marla talking about those situations that helped her gain the confidence to to go ahead and just do the do, man, you know, get the job done. Um, there were people around her that encouraged her and that allowed her to do it in, at different levels in different ways. Um, I know that, you know, Kimberly Paul is uh, one of her uh, mentors um, at Etois, and um, that was, uh, you know, different. That, that was, uh, um, I guess, a higher level of confidence that Kimberly had in her by the time she got to uh, to work with her. So anyways, I think that if you're apprehensive about doing something, the only way you're going to learn it is by doing it. And again, this is talking about crafts, right? I mean, there are other things that you have to study in order to to get good at it or to even be able to do. But in a craft like bartending, the truth of the matter is that doing it is what allows you to figure out certain things and learn certain things. You do have to study too. I mean, if you want to do craft cocktails, you do need to know the uh, the classics, uh, knowing a little bit of the history on, on how things evolved, right? Helps you put things into context and allows you to be creative, in my experience. Um, and so when it comes to a craft, you just have to get your hands dirty. And um, if you're lucky enough to have someone to teach you and guide you along the way, then that's even better for you. So Marla is a person that has had a interesting trajectory uh, within the industry and throughout the industry. So here's the interview. How did you get into bartending? Um, well, I actually started off going to school for vocal performance and music education. Hey, boo. That's the dog's name. Yeah. Um, and then I had my little one. So I was out of it for a couple of years. I've been in the industry for probably about 10. Um, I started serving. 10 stuff. years already? Yeah, I started serving stuff when I was like 15. I'm what, 26 now? So yeah, oh, wow. almost a decade, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got out of it out of school for a little bit, whatever, I had my daughter. Um, took a couple of years off, stayed at home with her, and then started going back to work. Had to go back to work eventually. Um, I was actually a server at a craft beer bar in the Heights. And I had a, at Shepherd Park. Okay. And one of my managers- How'd you like that? Sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I liked it a lot. It was a really cool, chill spot. Um, music was always good. It was a really cozy neighborhood bar. Um, food was awesome too. I worked with cool people. Uh, I had a really cool manager at the time who one day came up to me and she's like, hey, you're a really good server. You can handle a lot at a time. You should try bartending. 
And I was like, hell no. <laughs> I was like, no way, no way. And she's like, why do you say no? And I was like, I can't remember all that stuff. It's too many recipes. I don't know how you guys do that. I'm scared. No, I can't do that. And she was like, well, too bad. I'm going to make you start training for bartending. I think you'd be good at it. And I was like, okay. So... Then, so you went into it not really wanting to No, do it. I didn't not necessarily want to. I was just kind of scared that um about remembering all the stuff and I just watched them and I had no clue about what they were doing. So I it was it was all new to me. Uh, once I started, it became like a reflex, like a second hand. I fell in love with it. So right was, uh, the uh, after that place <clears throat> the beer place, right? Uh-huh. What was the next place that you uh, bartended? Uh, the next place after there, I went to the Red Lion. Oh, the Red, Red Lion. Lion. That nice. was fun. That's quite the staple. Oh, yeah. That was that was a badass time. What's the, what's the uh, owner's name? His name is Craig. Craig is he's a cool dude. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> he's a trip, man. He's fucking, he's one of the coolest people. He used I've to come into uh, 60 Degrees when I was there. And uh, he's... He's hilarious, dude. He's, he's funny, but he, that man is full of style. Yeah, he's got his own style for sure, with his paisley shirts. <laughs> no, man, Craig's a badass. Uh, Red Lion was a really fun time. Get me out there in the hour now The Mac moving like crack I'm selling powder now He came over locker room Hit them showers now I got the trophies in the catalog Just did the deal Mercedes Benz Check the catalog I'm buying buildings We don't buy the blog The Nikki challenge when I fly to Prague Learned a lot from him and them too I learned how to be a two-handed bartender there instead of using one hand to pour, one hand right. to spray. Like I said, this was all new to me. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I started getting fast. I started getting... How'd you go from Red Lion to Craft Cocktails? So after I left there... Shit, where did I go next? Um, I think after I left there, I took like a week or two off and I searched for a new place. I just wanted to take a break. Um, I went to Big Bad, and that's where I started getting more. I was always interested in craft, and even at Shepherd Park, I was trying to like make my own, come up with my own recipes with whatever we had there. Um, Red Lion the same. I'd be like, can I make you an old-fashioned with this instead? Can I try out something? Can I try something out, a recipe? I learned craft cocktails more so at Red Lion, too, because they had a few on the menu. A lot of different girls there taught me stuff as well as Craig. Same with Shepherd Park. I learned different I learned something new at each place I've worked at. And that's something you always take from every place you go. Um, Big Bad, I learned a lot working under a lot of different people, a lot of different styles. Colin Delaval taught me a lot about technique. And he's like, hey, that pour looks like shit. Fix this. Hold your jigger better. Do this. Um, everywhere you go you just take a lot from the place. Um, but there I started, we had more stuff to work with, 
So I started getting more creative and I already like to cook. Doesn't mean my technique of cooking is good, but I know flavors very well. So just all of that cooking and bartending come together hand in hand. Big Bad was a really, really, really big stepping stone for me there because I had so much to play with, just all flavors. I also already love mezcal and tequila, so I gained more knowledge there because we learned a lot about it. Then I started getting involved with USBG, started learning a lot more, and then actually started studying the craft, falling more and more in love with it every day. And so how'd you go from El Big Bad into competitions? How did that, or I mean, not necessarily from El Big Bad to competitions, but how did you get into competitions? So I worked other places after that, but um, finally working at Etois, uh, my beverage director, Kimberly Paul, she was a big influence on me because she, usually I would work at other places and I'd be like, hey, I made this drink, do you want to try it out? And they'd be like, no, it probably sucks. Or no, it's okay, don't worry about it. Unless it was a guest. Guests were always very like, yeah, let me try your drink, yeah. But um, she was the only boss I'd ever have that was like, okay, yeah, let me try it. And she would taste it, she believed in me. She'd be like, that's really good, let's put it on a menu. Hey, do you want to start helping me make menus? Hey, yeah, let's work on these together. Where, what place was this? This is at Etois. And she actually gave me the confidence in myself that, hey, maybe I could be good at this. Maybe I could actually start doing them because I would see a lot of people do competitions and I would really want to, but I just didn't have the confidence. Just because I, um, I'd be like, hey, try this, I made it. And they'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, it's all right, maybe. No, it's okay, just make it. All right, so I'm gonna jump in here real quick and talk about this particular situation. I can't tell you how many times that I personally have been in a situation where the person that is in charge of making the decision as to what goes into the menu, what doesn't, doesn't know a goddamn thing about cocktails. And I mean that. They don't know a fucking thing about cocktails. And that includes sommeliers. Calling you the fuck out, sommeliers. Because they'll, you know, you'll make them a Tom Collins. And they'll say, oh, it's sour. Well, what the fuck is it supposed to be? It's a fucking sour. But they don't know what a sour is, right? You'll make them a Manhattan. Oh, that's too too hot. That's too boozy. Well, a lot of times the drinks are balanced the way they're supposed to be, given the category that they are. But they don't know what the fuck it is. People that are not sums, that are owners or general managers that don't know, don't drink cocktails and don't know a goddamn thing about them, they tend to say, uh, yeah, I wouldn't drink that. Well, motherfucker, you either don't drink or you fucking drink shit. Yeah, exactly. If you're fucking drinking middle light or fucking high life or shit like that, and I'm not shitting it in the sense that I know that's the cheapest thing whenever you go out to drink or you bartenders and such, you know, beer in a shot and, you know, you're trying to make that for five or seven dollars. I get it. But if that's all you drink, that's all your palate knows, then don't. It's it's really frustrating whenever that person is the one that makes a decision as to what goes on the menu, what doesn't. Personally, I try to stay away from those situations because fuck that. I'd rather be a mechanic or some other shit like that or fucking work at a volume bar. 
you know, where all I'm doing is opening beers and doing Crown and Cokes. I'm okay with that. But I'm not okay with having the demand of creating something and then being criticized for executing it exactly the way that it's supposed to be executed. You're out of your depths. You know, move, you know, lead, follow, get the fuck out of the way. Unfortunately, that's not really truly the way it works, but that's how it should be. And actually being new to it, well, she gave me the confidence. I was like, hey, I really, I want to try and enter this competition. The first one I ever entered was uh, the Glenlivet Founders Deserve. And I was like, I kind of want to enter this. Like, I want to do a competition. She's like, do it. And she helped me out. She gave me guidelines. She's like, just, these, this is what I've gone through before in the past. You can totally do it. Just do it. Um, I ended up winning second place. And that was my first competition ever. Nice. And it's a good feeling. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And then after that, I just had that fire and I just wanted to keep going. All right. So that's the episode for this week. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your uh, support. Make sure that you please visit uh, openbar.space. I do put a fair amount of effort into the website, into looking good for you. Also, Stitcher and um, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this uh, to me there. Going to be on Spotify soon. Just uh, working on that. It'll be a, a few weeks or so. But if you have a friend that would like to listen and it's a little stubborn as to downloading apps because I do come across that every once in a while, just tell them to uh, visit the uh, the website, openbar.space. Okay? Thank you for listening. Remember, keep the conversation going. KD Kyrie pick a K 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 pick a K